Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. This is episode 157. Kind of scary, that number's getting higher and higher, but this is also the round one late mail edition. You're here with Catfish as always. And it's exciting times. The footy's back. Rugby league playing tonight. Panthers and Seagulls kicking off the 2022 season. Round one finally here. Obviously, team list Tuesday. What a day that was. So much to dissect from the team list, which obviously we went through in the past episode. And yeah, here I've got Wacko's Whispers in a moment. Going to have a chat to Wacko Jacko. Get his whispers in audio form. And as always, I will tackle some of your questions. So we've got questions coming from the Champs Discord as well as off Twitter. So yeah, exciting times. Look, let's get straight into it. You've got mail, baby, yeah. Welcome, Wacko Jacko, back to the Champions Podcast. As we've discussed, uh, you're going to jump on with us each Thursday. Give us your whispers for the week. You know, we've spoken about how iconic your Wacko's Whispers article has been for so long. And it's good that we're still going to get some form of it, even though you know it's not quite the same as usual. But look, round one, we're finally here. Are you excited? <laughs> Very excited. Looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, it's going to be a cracker. It, it's a pity we don't have Cleary, but at least we get to see Turbo. And I'm sure the Panthers are going to be really tough to beat still anyway. But look, let's not beat about the bush. Let's jump straight into it. So Panthers and the Seagulls tonight. Uh, any late mail you've got for us? Uh, really not much doing. Panthers would be probably 1-17. Basically, Manly had basically Tapao and Okotawatu um, in doubt with injury. Manly actually had their captain's run over at Homebush yesterday. Both those boys took part, so expecting both teams to be 1-17. to uh, You've got Chris Smith and Jaden Simmons, who are 18, 19 people, and Mark um, Boyle and Christian Tui-Pilotu, who are the, uh, still on the extended bench before kickoff. Yep, so is it still, I know they have to cut it down, but are they cutting it down to 18th man the hour before still? Is that how it's going to work? Correct. So it's a uh, 24-man squad, still cut down to 19 before kickoff. Uh, sorry, an hour, uh, 24 hours before kickoff. Okay. Then the whole 24-man squad still gets tested three hours before. Right. And then only a, uh, only 20 players are allowed to turn up to the actual ground. Uh, I guess it's, you know, you can't take too many precautions and it sounds pretty excessive, but look, I guess we can't question it. Those are the protocols and obviously the players have to comply. All right, next game, first game on the Friday, we've got the Raiders and the Sharks. What mail have you got for us here? Uh, not much doing here. The only thing I'm expecting with the Raiders would be uh, Semi Valente, uh, Valami to actually start in the centres uh, with Schiller out into the wing. Yep. Um, basically, and with the Sharks, they'll be coachless. Uh, with plenty, uh, sorry, with um, it's given... coach in isolation. Yep. And um, yeah, not much doing there from what I've seen. Moyland and Rudolph and Tolman and Talakai will all play it after they all miss their final trial. All right, too easy. It's it's nice when it's one to seventeen, but that's a nice little bit of information about Schiller playing the wing because I recall he was playing the wing in the trial as well, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, correct. And Velami uh, will be right center. All right, that could be could get ugly. Uh, who's playing left centre? It's Mulatalo, isn't it? For the Sharkies, yep. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so Broncos and the Rabbitohs, It's this is ugly, ugly reading for the Broncos fans, but I heard there's a little bit of, bit of, bit of concern for Blake Taff. Yeah, basically today at Captain's Run, went down, did, uh, rolled his ankle. Um, no word whether he'll 
be out or not, but they'll probably give him up until kickoff. Um, if it's just a rolled ankle, I reckon he'll play, but if he's done the good old sinless Moses, uh, <laughs> probably, what is it, six weeks? I think uh, he was meant to be kicking too, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. So it would uh, probably be Lock Cornelius kicks because he's, he's a, was a good kicker in juniors if he's, his taste's not kicking. That's handy. I mean, I was probably playing Ilias anyway against my hapless Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Any mail yeah, for the Broncos? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Not much. Just um, that Colbo will be out in that right wing with uh, Oates on the left. So he'll be outside Stag. So hopefully we might drag some attackers. That's where. Yeah, if, if the Broncos can hang on to the ball and not get smashed by the Rabbitohs. But, <laughs> all yeah, right. and, and probably they'll use Robert, uh, Tyron Roberts who's in the 17 as a bench hooker sort of thing. That's gross, isn't it? And just to be clear, it's because everyone else has COVID, right? They're not choosing to play Roberts out of choice. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Pax is, uh, I don't know whether he's, there was reports that he was in isolation due to COVID, but he's also got a finger injury. All right, okay. They hit, kept that a little bit hidden because he definitely was in isolation because of COVID. But, yeah, good to know. All right. They might be trying to cover, cover both sort of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so Saturday. Saturday, uh, first game being the Roosters and the Knights. Uh, any mail here? Uh, not much, really. There's some uh, whispers around that uh, with the Roosters backline that um, Joey Manu will spend time out on that right wing and swap uh, with uh, Momorowski during the game. Knights pretty much... Um, no changes expected with basically Thompson and Momorowski, uh, Momosia getting those final bench positions. Okay, so that's interesting. So you're actually you're thinking they'll actually rotate during the game? Yeah, it's not... yeah. From what I, there was some whispers that Manu would spend some time on the wing and rotate like a bit, you know, um, do that roaming roaming role when yeah. they're in good, in good ball situations when they're attacking the opponent's goal line. Okay, that's super interesting. Because obviously Manu was an absolute beast when he was playing on the wing last year, and yeah. you know we 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 love the Roosters' right wing spot as well. So ah, interesting, interesting. Right. Just the only other thing I just wanted to put this in it's, um, most likely Dom Dom Young's going to play right wing and Tuala's on the left wing. Yep. Um, Young did trial in that first trial on that left wing, but he, when Tuala came back, he swapped over that wing. So, okay. He'll be outside Jaguar. All right, no worries. And, uh, I mean, the, the report was that Sam Walker's been confirmed as goal-kicking. Have you heard anything else to that effect? Or? Uh, yeah, he'll be start the season as goal-kicker, but personally I don't expect him to kick the whole season. He'll probably get sacked after a few bad kicks. I don't. <laughs> Not a lot of confidence in his kicking ability, huh? No. No, that's fair, based on what we saw last year, but we'll have to see. All right, and then we've got the Warriors and the Dragons. What are you hearing on this game? Uh, not much really. Both teams I'm expecting to be one to seventeen. It was interesting to see both uh, George Burgess and Tarek Sims being named to play uh, New South Wales Cup this week. Yeah, I did hear that. that originally, that you know Tarek Sims was meant to be you know coming back from injury, so a bit of an interesting one. Maybe he's act- he's actually on the outer, and that makes the job security for you know Jack Bird and the the back row there a little bit more secure. Yeah, definitely. All right, and so nothing really for the Warriors of note. No, not that I can, uh, not that I found out in my notes. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much because um, we didn't get to see the final them trial in that final against the Titans. It's a bit um, hard, but yeah, I think they'll go with the one with the team, Terry and Bellini or Bayalaya or someone. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll see how they go. Yeah, yeah. I guess it will 
be interesting to see how they play this game because, you know, the Warriors do have an interesting squad and they could go really well, but they could also flop. <laughs> it's hard to yeah, pick. Exactly. All right. Now, your Tigers against the Storm, even though... Yeah, <laughs> we might be a chance. Yeah. The, the, the bookies don't think so, though, but <laughs> on paper, there's a yeah. definite chance here. You can only hope, eh? So, yeah, no changes for the Tigers. Expected to be under 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the Storm, you've got Jesse Bromwich out with COVID. Yep. Uh, being a close contact. Also expected uh, Nick Arima to drop off the bench. Mm-hmm. And probably see a couple of debutants in Alec McDonald and uh, Bronson Garlic coming to the squad. Oh, interesting. Okay, Bronson Garlic, because he's a bit of a back rower, can play some hooker as well, right? Correct, yeah. So play can play edge, play, can play hooker, can play that middle forward run also if it's required. I'm pretty sure he was going to be debuting if Smith didn't. If, was, if Smith was suspended. Right. So he, he was the player to miss out when Smith came back. So do you think maybe it's going to be Wishart and Garlic actually spending the majority of the time at hooker? Yeah, well, I, I think so, yeah. I think you'll find that Smith will only spend very limited time at hooker. First time, like, 10, um, 15 play or that something. That, yeah, yeah right. play that more ball-playing role in that middle forward, which it looks like most of the teams are going for these days. Interesting, and I guess... We all want to know, Ryan Pappenhausen, has he made it through the training runs? <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as I know, everything's good to go for Pappy to play, so um, probably won't get the goal-kicking duties, Manny will take that up this week, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Manny goes in the halves also. Yeah, I mean, if he's not kicking, it might just be for the one week, right? And then he'll be back probably next Correct. week onwards. Yeah. Not panic stations for Paps owners? <laughs> Definitely not. All right, that's good news. And then Eels and Titans... Um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Eels probably be 1-17 to 17 with the, the extended bench all named to play uh, reserve day for the So with the Titans, we've got AJ Brimson with, yeah, with a groin injury in doubt. Uh, oh, wow. He'll be given up until captain's run to prove his fitness. From what I heard, it's really a 50-50 call. The other issue the Titans have heard, uh, got also is uh, Corey Thompson's in doubt uh, with an injury picked up at training this week. So Greg Marzu may come up on the wing to replace him if uh, Thompson fails to come up with the captain's run. Interesting, because I know, obviously, we, we love Greg for super coach purposes. He's an absolute monster on the wing, but, yeah, <laughs> could be good news I'm, for... I'm, I'm the number one in the fan club. That's awesome right. Player. Love him. But uh, do you know if he's playing, like, was he expected to play right wing, like Corey Thompson? Uh, yes, to tell you the truth, I'm not 100% sure on that. It's but, tough. yeah, normally he's a, he is normally a right winger. Honestly, though, between Sammy and, and Greg Marzu, it doesn't really matter who plays the wing. I reckon Sean Russell is a great player this week. He's probably scoring a double. <laughs> yep. All right. Definitely. And then the next game, almost through, Cowboys and the Bulldogs. Last game of the round. What are you hearing for this? Uh, not much, really. Most likely both teams 1-17. to 17. Yeah, not much to do in this game. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, how it goes on Sunday night. Just a case of seeing how they play, huh? <laughs> Yeah, right. uh, but it'll be just interesting to see how the dogs will go this year with all the hype. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've said, you know, I don't expect them to burst out the blocks. It might take a little bit of time for them to settle in, but it could, you know, on paper, they should do better this year. So I'll yeah. wait oh, they, they, they just need to get the ball out wide also and give up on the clear. Yeah, in the trial, right. he, he got limited ball and you're not going to be paying that much for him when you're not going to give him the ball. Absolutely agree. All right, appreciate so much your time. As always, uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, all good. See you ne- I'll speak to you next Thursday. Take it easy, guys. Good luck for the weekend. Cheers, you too.
I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Massive thanks to Wacker for jumping on as always. And yeah, we'll keep bringing that each week. So we still get some form of Wacker's Whispers. Now, just wanting to go into question time. So like I said, selection of questions from our Champs Discord as well as uh, from the Twitter sphere. First question comes from Jamie163. Uh, this is from the Champs Discord asking a bit of a speculative question, but wants to know my thoughts or if I could just to kind of go through some of the muddy forward rotations I'd avoid or maybe limit how much exposure I would have to them. Uh, for example, along the lines of the Cowboys of Lolo, Young Mani, Nanai, Luki, how many is too many, who to avoid, and also looking at maybe the Knights and the Warriors. So starting with the Cowboys, look, I am a little bit concerned about the middle forward rotation. I think with the edges, I mean, it seems very clear that it's Luki starting on the left edge, Nanai starting on the right edge. Now, I don't think they're going to both play 80. I think one of them may play 80. And the other may play maybe 60 or so with, say, 40 on an edge and maybe 20 in the middle. They have Tom Gilbert on the bench. Now, he can play middle and edge. And I think they also have, well, Mitch Dunn used to be an edge player, but he's been on record saying he's primarily just a middle forward now. Ruben Cotter is, you know, both, I mean, he was going to be a potential lock as well as he can play some hooker. So I expect him to mostly play at the 13th. And if Reese Robson is struggling, he may take some minutes off Robson. McLean, obviously, a prop. So I do think, you know, there's only so many minutes to go around, right? If Lolo's meant to be playing his usual minutes, which I think I want to peg him around 60-odd. And then, you know, young Maney, that's Jermaine Tanoa Brown. I think he will probably get 40-ish, maybe 45 at the pinch. And, you know, I've spoken in the past that his PPM drops once he goes past that 40-minute mark. So I'm not expecting huge amounts from him. Hess usually sits around 40 to 45 when he plays exclusively middle. So McLean, like, it's just a lot of mouths to feed in that pack. And having that four forward bench is not ideal. So... Look, in terms of how much I would go in, I'd probably look at, you know, for me anyway, I'm looking at Helam Luki. I think being on the left is probably the better side. You know, he's got Holmes on that side as well as Tui Lange. We've seen more of him in first grade and obviously the Cowboys extended him first. I know Nanai's really hyped up and I'm keen to see how he shows that on the field. We saw a glimpse of it, but I think with also the pricing, you know, Luki's the most expensive like to see how he goes and if he's not working well and Nanai turns out to be the better option then it's an easy downgrade so that's where I'd go with that now the Warriors situation is pretty murky obviously we've got Aitken expected to be on the left edge I think he'll play 80 and then Katoa maybe only 60 odd I think the four forward bench is not ideal given you know you've got Tavanga who's primarily going to be lock uh, so he'll probably replace Curran and if need be, he can be called upon to play some uh, you know, hooker if needed, if Egan's not handling it. Uh, Murdoch Masilla is, you know, I think he's pretty much just the middle. Penne's a middle. Sirinan's a, a bit of an edge and a middle. So there's also the fact that Curran can play edge as well. So I do expect if they're talking about you know, Ed can playing 80, then I think Curran might play big minutes and that might involve him playing you know, maybe 40 minutes at lock and 20 minutes on the edge and Katoa moves off the edge for a bit, given especially the concerns for Katoa have been his defense. So they probably don't want to get him gassed out and, you know, have defensive lapses. So to me, while they've got a four forward bench, I don't love uh, Katoa's chances of getting more than 60 minutes. Now, there's a chance that 60 minutes is fine. That's all you need for a right edge back rower playing next to SJ. So that that's an argument for him as well. 
and again, he's a little bit more expensive. So if he doesn't work out, I think you can go to Luki or Nanai as well. Now, lastly, with the Knights, I'm staying well away as much as possible. I get, you know, the appeal with Daniel Saifidi out, and he's only going to miss two, three rounds apparently. So it's not really that much. Uh, the edge back rowers, you know, they seem pretty established right now. Frizzell's going to play 80 or close to it. Fitzgibbon at this stage is going to be the starter. Brody Jones is due to come back, which could shake things up because there were some whispers that he may have been starting on the left edge instead. So, no, I'm just avoiding all nights in terms of that middle rotation. Kurt Mann's the only name you'd look at. And, again, that's just based off Baz Tui's suspected uh, point that he's going to play big minutes in the middle. It's more the fact that he's available at 5'8 or centre wing that I feel more comfortable putting him in there. So a question that's kind of linked to that um, from Twitter at Jackbread. So he asks Andrew Fafita versus Mumsia and also his favourite two out of Katoa, Nanai and Luki. I think if you had to ask who I'd start with, I would start with Katoa and Luki. And again, if one of them doesn't work out, downgrade to Nanai if he is working out. For the other two, I've actually, I used to have both. I've dropped them both from my team. I think Andrew Fafita has the issue of Franklin Pele suspended for round one. He'll, He'll come back in. Cam Kinnis might be only round three or four. And there's also Jack Williams, who's injured and, and due back in as well. So as good as Fafita actually looked, I still think fully fit. I'm not sure he's in the top 17. Next question comes from the Champs Discord again. So this is from Harry. He's read an article which compared six against conceded in the opposition's 40-metre zone per team in 2021. So you've got the Panthers, South, Storm and Cronulla featuring at the top and Manly down the bottom for total conceded and proportion of total six against in that region. Do you think that this will reduce the effectiveness of these teams' defence and therefore change our thinking towards teams with some of the worst strength of schedule? For example, Seagulls, Rabbitohs, Dragons, also considering the injuries, clearing, new systems, shorter pre-seasons, etc. Jeez, that's a mouthful. Uh, look, long story short, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I think good teams are just, and I would back a lot of these good teams. I mean, you know, the, the Rabbitohs, the Storm, and the... Panthers, they're some of the best coached teams at the moment. And sure, Rabbitohs, look, I don't buy the whole Wayne Bennett leaving being an issue. Technically, Jason Demetrio was doing a lot of that coaching already. Uh, Wayne Bennett was more man and player managing, basically. So I, I think if he's going to struggle, it's actually in that aspect. So I'm not worried about the technical side of things. I honestly think these teams will be fine. They, they were good defensive teams before the Six Again era. They're still good now. So, yeah, I don't have an issue with that. It may have some impact. I just don't think it's going to be so significant that I would really, you know, suddenly downgrade them as a tough matchup for other teams in terms of defense or points conceded. Uh, look, I think it, it does need to be acknowledged that Cleary not being part of the Panthers makes a difference. Obviously, his kicking game helps helps the Panthers a lot when they're in trouble. Uh, you know, he finds good field position and makes life difficult for the opposition when they bring the ball back. So. You know, that, that will play into it, but it's not like they drop from, you know, right now they're number one or two defensively based on 2021. I don't think they suddenly drop to, you know, bottom eight, like they might be fourth or fifth. They're still going to be a tough matchup. So uh, I wouldn't overestimate the impact of that. Next bunch of questions uh, from Twitter. They all kind of relate to specific players and cheapies in particular. So I'm just going to rattle them all through in one go. So the first one is uh, from TJ at Fantasy All Sport. What are your thoughts on Piakura this year? Like I said, I just I know he's only suspended for one round. I just don't have any confidence. He's definitely straight back in. 
he hasn't really played much footy. Uh, even when there was reserve grade, he was injured for some of those games. You know, barely got a sniff of first grade before he got suspended. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he might get eased in. He will play at some point, though, definitely. It's just whether if you want to keep him for a potential downgrade later when he's playing his third game and will make some money or whether you want to start with enough and, and he's your guy because, you know, you would just assume he's going to eventually come in at some point. Uh, kind of like what I'm treating Howarth as, but I, I like Howarth because he has, obviously, he's from the Storm, so I like the potential to be out of loop uh, with him. And if I... J- don't want to loop, I can just use Pappenhausen as my captain a lot of the time. So that's kind of how I'm viewing that enough situation there. Next is uh, from Bing at Bing Numbers. Hi, champs. Is it good to pick both Russell and Penasini? If we had to choose one, who would it be? If you only had to pick one, I'd probably lean Penasini. He will make money. He's cheaper. Uh, he's got a better base and everything like that. Uh, I'm happy picking both. I think Russell will score plenty of tries. Uh, Para love the left wing. I think off the top of my head in the regular season, they scored about 16 tries on that left side between Sivo, Dunster and Russell. He had picked up to himself. So I think, yeah, they're going to be scoring points down that edge. Pinacini, I think he was averaging about 35 to 40 in base and base attacks. So make some money off just, just that. And he's actually really talented. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that there. From Osman at Osman Numbers, two questions. I can only choose one for the center wing. And that's uh, Amone, Billy Smith, or Russell. If it's just to play this week, I'm very comfortable playing Russell or even Billy Smith. If you're talking about just for picking in your team full stop, then I think I would have to lean Russell because he's the cheaper one. Uh, I prefer Russell to Billy Smith, but honestly, I've got all three, or, or at least Billy Smith and Russell. So, yeah. And then Nana or Luki, like I said, Luki is where I'd start. And if Nana is killing it, I'd go downgrade to him instead. Next question is from Jason at hey underscore Jason Brown. Interested in hearing about which of the common GPs you see as playable in the 17. Penasini, Targo, Amone, Russell, Billy Smith, Tuilangi, Vailia, Elias Schneider, etc. Cheers. So I think this is going to be a week-to-week question. I mean, for round one, I think I'm very comfortable playing Elias against the Broncos. He might even goal kick, apparently, as per what Wacko said, if Taf is out. Schneider, I think I'd want to see it first, but, I mean, if he's goal-kicking and the Raiders are, are decent, they can put on some points, then he becomes very safe as well. I do think, you know, in terms of a weekly play, Penasini, he's going to have decent base. He might not have the upside because he's playing centre, whereas Russell, I think, will definitely want to play on a matchups basis. He's not got the best base, but he's got the highest scoring potential, I think. Uh, so, for example, this week against the Titans, if there is a reshuffling and, and Mazu or even Sammy, both of them seem to like to rush off their come off their wing, and so we could see Russell score a couple of easy tries like that, so I'd, comf- I'd be comfortable with that. Billy Smith, I mean, just playing for the Roosters, it's a great, great team, and, you know, he's shown a decent work rate and, and solid base as well. There's even some whispers he could be one of the... He could be in the mix for goal kicking as well, so you never know. Uh, with Tui Lungi, I guess I'd want to see the minutes first. I mean, if he ends up being the 80-minute left edge back rower, regardless of whether Garner's there, then, you know, that's great. Then he becomes an every-week option that you could consider. And, you know, Vaili, I'm happy to wait and see. You know, haven't seen enough for him to be able to trust him. I wouldn't be playing him this week. Same with Amone. I guess it's the tougher draw. Uh, I think, you know, if, if you see him as an in, in, important part of the Dragons attack, then sure, he could actually be thrown in there because he is playing in the spine. But 
I mean, if I'd play, like like I said, I think it's a week-to-week basis. The only guy in there I'd probably play every week would be Penasini at the moment and most likely Billy Smith. But it just depends how deep your center wing is and things like that. So hopefully that helps. Uh, next question, jumping back to the Champs Discord, <laughs> both relating to the sudden last-minute changes to the judiciary process. How fun. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, obviously we've had a very sudden last-minute change to the judiciary uh, right before the start of the round, literally the morning of. So basically, in a summary, carryover point system has been abolished. All offences now are basically fines and suspensions only. Your player records reset at the beginning of each season. So for 2022, basically every player is clean slate, uh, aside from existing suspensions. So guys who are out like Reese Walsh and Rappin and all that are still going to serve those suspensions. But outside of that, everyone like Pangai, Lodge, Luke Thompson, all these guys are fresh, fresh start, basically. And the other change, I suppose, and it's a good one, the judiciary chairman will provide a summary explaining each uh, decision uh, made at the, I guess, the match review committee or whatever. So firstly, Justin from our Champs Discord, he asks, how impressed are you and our Lord and Saviour, Peter Volandis, for changing the judiciary process the day of round one, knowing the trials and all-stars were adjudicated under a completely different system? Yeah, I mean, I've spoken up at times about how I'm not a massive fan of uh, the way PVL does stuff. I think it's, again, very rushed, very short notice, very not helpful for the clubs to prepare them and things like that. I mean, why do this right now when you've just had the trials, you've had the All-Stars? Why not have introduced at the start of the preseason before they played all these games? And, you know, you've got players missing from teams now who were, who copped suspensions under the old system. Uh, it just It's just not... Uh, it's just not thought through very carefully, basically. Uh, but look... I could vent on of that for ages. Uh, Harry again asks, just so that all players will start 2022 with a clean slate. Uh, it's huge for some players. How does that change your opinion players like Tavita Pangai? Look, yeah, absolutely. That is very big. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to, you know, change my thinking massively, just knowing that he's got a clean slate. So if he cops, uh, you know, if he's reckless or careless or whatever, he might not miss as much time as he would have had he had his caravan points. One thing I do like is um, Angus Crichton probably goes up a little bit. The only question mark I had over Angus was the fact that every time he was accidentally in a situation where he might uh, be pinged for a crusher tackle, he'd miss like two to four weeks every time that happened. And, you know, crushes are so hard. Like half of them are accidental. And sure, there's an onus on not getting them into that position. But I don't think Angus was ever malicious in terms of trying to hurt the other player's neck or anything like that. So... Yeah, I think that's a good thing for him. It's not like he's going out and turning to hurt people. I do have some question marks, obviously, about the changes they've made to, you know, the so-called crackdown. Like, it just kind of wipes the slate clean for all that, right? So there's very little incentive to perhaps curb some of those more aggressive tendencies for players like, you know, not to throw them under the bus, but like Radley, um, Pangai, these guys, repeat offenders. Yeah, there's very little incentive for them to turn it back like from season to season you know they might miss a couple of games here but it doesn't affect them the following year so yeah that's a player safety issue it's not so much for super coach uh when it comes to super coach look this is great you know all players clean slate angus great for him pang guys on the table i think if your only concern about him was suspension in the past you might have a lesser concern he's still going to cop some games off i think and uh it's 
for me, I'm, I'm happy to just wait. Like, I don't want to have to deal with that, basically, as much as I love Panga as a player. All right, back to Twitter. A couple of, um, you know, player A or player B decisions. So Joshua Duff at Joshua Duff 15. Final center wing Tupo or Aitken? Look, I, I actually like Aitken better at my center second row, so I can stash him there and then move him down later when my, my center wings have fattened up. So for center wing, I actually really like Tupo. He's got such a great upside, uh, so I don't mind that pick there. Uh, Siren at Lord of Siren. Xavier Coates versus Selwyn Cobber as the final spot in the center wing. Look, Coates is probably the, the sensible answer because of his higher ownership. He's obviously got a higher ceiling because he plays for the Storm, as opposed to Cobber, who obviously plays for the Broncos. But Cobber's definitely got a better base. I like, you know, he's going to be a more integral part of the attack, working with Stags on that right edge. Coates, I mean, he's going to need to build combinations, and I think that will take a little bit of time. Uh, but, yeah, I think it comes down to a gut call. If you think Coates hits the ground running, then go with him. If you think he might take a little bit of time, I actually think it could be viable that, you know, Cobo has a decent start, rounds one, two, and three. If you look at the matchups, he could go pretty well and then make a quick cash, and he could be a downgrade later. And you could actually get Coates in potentially, I mean, as long as Coates doesn't start too fast. So, yeah, I, I think it's a gut call. If you trust Cobo at all, then I'd lean him because he's going to have a stronger base. If you're really bullish on Coates out the, out the gate, then go with him. Now, uh, would you select Amone or Targa as a reserve? This comes from Ben at BKP083. Uh, that's a tough one because I think Targa would have been better. He's got a better base. I do wish Cleary was there. That helps, I think, the whole team, the whole Panthers attack. Uh, Amone, I guess... You know, we see his super coach friendly aspect of his game, but he definitely seems like he's got a lower base there. So, I mean, this this round, I actually think I might lean Amone because he's got to, he's going to get to play the Warriors. There could be a little bit more a ceiling there as opposed to Targo. I think it's going to be a bit of a tougher game against the Seagulls. I it could I got a feeling it might just be a little bit lower scoring, a bit of a defensive grind instead of the high scoring affair that we might be used to. And from Nigel Plum Shoulder at N Plum Shoulder, should we play Tui Lange versus Melbourne, Bullimore versus Penrith, and Slash Otago versus Manly without Cleary? Could see all three struggling. Would it be worth playing a goal kicking Schneider versus Cronulla, a Mone versus New Zealand, or a young Violia against the Dragons? I actually think I would be more comfortable playing Schneider against the Sharks. I know it's it's still a pretty tough matchup, but it the goal kicking makes a big difference, I think. That extra, you know. You know, eight to ten points. It really low, you know, raises that floor. Having said that, I think Bloomore against the Panthers is probably. I think. I mean, if you're starting with him, you should be expecting a decent score, even though it's a tougher matchup. You can't, like, go. I mean, you must expect at least forty to forty-five, right? So I think that might be a safer bet than some of the other options there. Whereas, you know, he might not have the ceiling unless he happens to score a try or get a lucky attacking stat like he did in the trial. But, yeah, it's a tough call. I will pro- probably play Schneider just to go for the upside there. But if not, then I think Bullimore of those other options. Uh, next question is from Steven Ristevsky at Steven underscore Risto. You're saying Momo will lo- most likely get dropped for Swali. Is he a no-go zone? I'm thinking he can still score. In worst-case scenario, I'll have cash flow if I need to drop him later. And, of course, there's a world he retains his spot. Look, I mean, the only reason I'm saying that I thought Momo was going to get dropped for Suwali is just based off the mail I got through Rob Bruns. 
who obviously won Supercoach many years ago as well. He's a Mad Roosters fan, has some inside connections. He actually had the chance to speak to Billy Smith, and he was actually the one who had dropped the mail that Billy Smith was going to get the start and Suwali would come in once he was fit. So that's what, what I'm really going off. I'm trusting his source, um, and it seems like it's been accurate so far. So that's the reason I was thinking about it. Look, I, I get it. You know, you can definitely start with him. I just, um, I'm trying my best anyway to not intentionally set my team up so I, I know I'm forcing myself to make a trade at some point. I know it's not ideal because you, you're you going to have to trade eventually. The trades are there to be used, but I'm trying to keep as many of them for actual, you know, proper upgrades, downgrades, things like that. So, look, I get it. I, I don't blame anybody for deciding to still start with Momorowski. Um, I'm going to lean elsewhere, and, and I think there's some other price, uh, other other options around his price that could also score quite well. Uh, Lomax comes to mind. I think he's a very similar price, and, you know, he's got a nailed-down spot. You know, there's no job security concerns there. So that's kind of where I would lean, I think, as well. And a flow-on question, I guess, from Nicholas Noel at Nick R. Noel. Wanting a decent-ish centre wing, he's got Aitken, and for a similar range, looking between Stags, Lomax, or a Smokey and Stephen Crichton, maybe he goal kicks for three weeks. The rest are Amone, Penicini, Billy Smith, Targo, and Kula. Yeah, look, Stephen Crichton, I don't mind that. Uh, I guess it just depends how much confidence you have in the Panthers' attack without Cleary. And my confidence is not that high based on what we've seen. So I'd probably stay away from him. I, look, I've said many times, I think Staggs is the one, just because of his ownership, like 40%, like, you know, we know he's got a ceiling. He can bang in 120 against anybody, basically. He's not done it that often, but you can see why he can do it. So to me, I just kind of think there's a risk there. If 40% of the competition holds this guy who's pretty cheap and underpriced based on what he's been able to deliver in the past, and... I mean, like I said, Rabbitohs against Paulo, and then Bulldogs, Cowboys, Warriors. So that's not a bad run for Stags. And if he gets off to a hot start, I don't know. When I think of forty percent of the competition doing that, <laughs> and me not being on that ride, it's pretty scary. So I, I'd lean towards Stags. And if he gets hurt, then forty percent of the competition are trading him out with you. So yeah, I think that's my main reason for going Stags there. And then from Jacob Fisher at Jfish dot one hundred one. Uh, basically, he's got 616,000 to fill the final two center wing spots. He's looking at either Stags and Kula or Cobo and Russell. Thoughts? Look, I think well, I'm so high on Stags. I think he would be the better option. But I do think Cobo and Russell could help you make money long term. So that's a tough one. I think I would probably, out of that, still go Stags and Kula. I don't mind having enough or bottom dollar option if you had to have one. I think one is my, that's my level of comfort, basically. <laughs> Any more than one, I'm like, no deal. Next question comes in from Aman Talks NRL Supercoach at Aman Talks NRL SC. So if you haven't checked out Aman, he's got his uh, YouTube channel and he does a lot of solo uh, chat. And yeah, go check it out. Really interesting. Uh, he asks, what's your take on front row forward? Cheaping up due to lack of upside and spend money elsewhere or start with two guns like Haas and AFB to limit trades in that position? Right now, my team is actually Haas and AFB. I'm leaning that way. I appreciate the lack of upside, but I think I'm leaning more to not having to spend up and waste my trades basically as much as possible. As I've said, I'm on the narrative that uh, point scoring was crazy in 2021, so I'm not prioritizing as many of those uh, attacking-based upside guys. 
who had a lot of attacking stats, basically. So I'm obviously not ignoring it. So guys like David Fafita, I'm still all in on. But the reason is, as much as he's got those tries in his in his average, he's also got you know numerous games playing not 80 minutes. And the expectation is he's going to play 80 minutes this year and not be dealing with the rib cartilage injury. So to me, I, I see that offsetting the upside that he already had from his attacking stats. It's why I'm avoiding guys like Turbo, Cody Walker, who has both of them have ridiculous amounts of attacking stats in their average. Whereas someone like a Teddy, you know, he actually had less points per game in attack in 2021 than he did in 2020. And a lot of that was because of the Roosters not being as coherent because they didn't have Kiri. And, you know, it took some time to adjust. So as much as, yes, I think the upside for some of those attacking players is still there, it's going to be less. So for me, that's why I'm just going to stack the pack. I think there's going to be a little bit more base stats this year. Just, again, less six agains uh, coming out of their own end. That's less hit-ups for the outside backs, more for the pigs after they take the, uh, you know, they, they kick the penalty, they you know take the tap, throw it in field, the edge back rolls, and, you know, the forward, the props will probably get a couple of other hit-ups that way. So I, I'm leaning towards just locking that in and I'm actually, you know, spending up in those positions where I think, you know, they're either at the base of their price or they are going to make money and I'm using the high volatility positions like center wing um, to look at guys who either they're cheapies, so they're going to make cash quickly, hopefully, or I'm finding guys like a uh, Dylan Brown who, you know, strong base, but also has potential to get upside because he hasn't got any attacking stats in his average already. So that's the way I'm kind of approaching it. I do think the edge back role is going to come into things as well. So even again, Angus Crichton didn't have a fantastic season. So that's why I've got Fafita, Crichton, Haas, AFB in, you know, anchoring my pack. And if they stay fit and healthy, you know, that's four trades I don't need to make and I can use them. I get the, um, I think someone else in the replies pointed out that, yeah, you can just spend a trade on someone like a Munster instead. And I get that. Like, I don't, I don't have an issue going for someone like a Munster. He's got a high floor, never really drops that much in price, but it's more getting someone like a Cody Walker who I'm expecting will revert you know, he's going to start on fire, but eventually his, his price will drop down. And that's where I'm going to think, you know, I've got to wait for that opportunity to jump on when the attacking stats dry up a little bit and then his price drops and I'll get him then. My other reasoning is I just don't like any of the cheaper front row forwards to actually make a heap of money. So, and, and you know, not, not that they won't make money, but they'll just slow burn. They might score 40, 45 each week. And, you know, that's okay. But if I'm getting Haas, Sure, I'm paying up for it, but again, one trade and not having to burn any other money if my front row forward is slow burning. It's going to take time to make that cash. By the time they've actually made enough cash to make it worthwhile selling them, you know, I've copped 10 rounds of 45 points a game. And as I record this, news has just dropped of Verrill's breaking his thumb apparently at training out for potentially four weeks minimum. So, yeah, that's interesting. Brings Connor Watson into the mix. Although, I mean, he's really not that cheap. And I don't know about minutes-wise. He might actually end up playing maybe 60 minutes and you've got someone on the bench like a Lamb or a Hutchison or whatever who could take some minutes off him. So, yeah, I'm not going to get too excited in that front. But, yeah, that's a lot of questions. Thanks for everyone for submitting those questions. It's always good to have something to chat through. So I did say I was going to reveal my team, so I'll finish up today by doing that. Uh, it's, it's honestly, it's fairly template, I think. And I do recall there was one 
question about, you know, with so many teams looking very template, where do you zag? And look, my answer probably to that is you don't need to go too crazy. I think if the players are popular for a reason, then just stick with it if they are actually optimal choices and maybe deviate from, you know, maybe two or three spots at most where you could do that. Uh, so look, at Hooker, I've got Chris Randall, Harry Grant, very high on Grant, obviously, Farrow Ford, Payne Haas, Fanua Blake, and then on my bench I've got the two Kings, Josh and Max. Then for my second row forwards, David Feeder, Angus Crichton, Ewan Aitken, and then on the bench I've got Isaac Targo, Tuilangi, and Jack Howarth, my one nuff, who I'll use for looping, if need be, if need be that is. Then uh, halfback I've got Sam Walker, Brad Schneider, Dylan Brown, and Lachlan Ilias. And center wing I've got Staggs, Cobbo, Billy Smith, Sean Russell, Amone, Penasini, and Vailia. And then I've got Teddy and Pappenhausen at fullback. So, yeah, nothing too shocking there. I've got a couple of low, low ownership guys. Like, I think Dylan Brown's probably my least owned player at around 6%. Harry Grant's actually under 9% ownership as well. So that's surprising to me. And I'm actually pretty comfortable with that. So I'm happy to have those two guys as my zags, so to speak, given the popularity of you know, maybe Marnie and Cheese and Cook and those hookers instead. So having said that, you know, with that male and Joey Manu, you know, you guys know I love Manu, so I might consider how I can fit him into my team. But yeah, that's my team at the moment. All right, that's enough rambling from me. I better get this out to you all. Uh, good luck with your final decisions. And yeah, enjoy the footy.